Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Editor's Note. I'm Yair Pinto, and together with me as always is TV7 Israel Editor-in-Chief Jonathan Hessen. How are you doing? Praise the Lord, doing well. How about yourself? Good. I'm very good. You know, it's becoming a bit colder here, but it's nice, a nice change. Indeed. Absolutely. Yeah, it's coming near now to the to the end of the year, the Christmas, uh, New Year's. And this is a, a time for us here in TV7 to reevaluate uh, the past year. So we look at all the, the productions. We look at all of the, you know, the donations, the support, the comments, and really evaluate which programs had the biggest effect and uh, which programs blessed the viewers back at home. And then we decide what programs to keep, keep with uh, for the next year and which programs to cancel or what direction are we heading for the next year. Mm. Okay, so this is a good opportunity to really share with you who do not know us so TV7 Israel is a ministry where 100% donation-based. So the more donations we have, the more programs we can produce. So if you are enjoying a specific program and would like to support it, uh, you can do so by going to our website at www.tv7israelnews.com and also write below your donation that it is for that specific program so we'll know, so we can really, you know, uh, put this money to this program and develop that specific program. And of course, now is the end of the year, so it's a good time um, to give our offerings for this year, and this is a way to do it. Absolutely. We're in need of support. Yeah. Uh, without the support, uh, we won't be able to do what we do, uh, both fiscally and, and prayfully, uh, mm-hmm. if I may add. Uh, with that being said, of course, uh, the, the cost of living has risen, everything has risen surrounding also the production specifically of, of the various productions that we're doing here. Um, there are a few productions. Uh, before we pray, I think uh, this is an important note, um, that have taken a brief break. Uh, they mm-hmm. will be revitalized in the near future, uh, including my brother's keeper, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, we didn't continue with uh, Michael Karam, uh, who wanted to... Uh, do other stuff. Do other things. Yes, definitely. Um, and therefore, with uh, God's grace, I was able to communicate with an, uh, a research institute mm-hmm. in Europe, particularly, which uh, focuses some of its research on the persecution of Christians uh, all over the world. Yes. Of course, also in the Middle East, but also all over the world. And they're very data-driven, um, and they provide quite a significant uh, insight about the situation of Christians, also in Muslim-majority states, uh, but also going from Europe, America, the East, China, and and elsewhere, um, and Africa, of course. So we're going to have really an interesting cooperation with them, Mm -hmm. uh, where they will have a full panel. They will fly here from Hungary, Mm -hmm. from all places, 
which uh, is very supportive of Christians uh, all over the world, but also uh, the, the Hungarian authorities um, provide the, the foundation and the backing to allow uh, for this kind of research and, and stimulate. Uh, it's amazing, kind of yeah. So Definitely. it is a true blessing to be able to cooperate with our Hungarian brothers. Yeah, yeah, and they uh, will and come sisters. here not just like, you know, from the research rooms. They will come here after traveling the Middle East, Correct. going to these specific countries indeed. and researching, interviewing the people. So it's going to be very interesting. It's very interesting indeed. Uh, the host... Mm -hmm. uh, John O'Sullivan. Uh, some may have seen him already on our program Europa Stands yeah. uh, at one of the um, episodes. And uh, this specific individual is somebody who I hold in very high esteem, um, other than being the speechwriter and um, a senior aide and, and advisor to Margaret Thatcher. Uh, the legendary Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. Uh, he has been very active uh, behind the scenes in multiple um, areas of, of work yeah. to, to help Christians, to help uh, support also uh, data-driven support, which then is also utilized to assist governments to understand the situation, to make a difference. And he also heads uh, the Danube Institute, which mm -hmm. is uh, the institute with which we're going to cooperate. So that's a great blessing uh, to have yet another uh, production revitalized and then uh, brought and, and engaged in a very concrete manner mm -hmm. uh, in shedding light, truth about what's happening behind the scenes, uh, on the ground, um, all over the world from... Uh, Iraq to Syria to Turkey to Egypt to um, they'll go also to France to you know different places where uh, there is real persecution of Christians so we need to understand that this is not just happening mm -hmm. in countries that uh, are supposedly not in the West it happens also in the West so we're going to shed light about this uh, including about various institutions that are actively engaged in promoting their own core principles and values and therefore uh, seek to trample the old, so-called old, uh, values and, and principles of Christianity, the yeah. Judeo-Christian um, uh, value system that uh, most European nations were founded upon uh, mm -hmm. in one way or another, uh, is being trampled these days. So we are going to provide some insight about this. And uh, with God's grace, uh, it will impact not only us as TV7 family, uh, whoever is uh, following our productions from all over the world, but also uh, governments that are following our productions, that are uh, very keen on seeing what is happening uh, around the Middle East and beyond and are very um, impressed by the cast that we provide uh, Definitely. with uh, various leaders, uh, both political, military, diplomatic, and, and so on. So praise the Lord. That's all I have to say. All glory to him. Hallelujah. Okay. So I'd like also to invite all of our extended family around the world to join me in prayer <coughs> and really give all glory to God. Avinu Shabbat Kol HaKavod Vatiferet. Our Father in heaven, 
all of the glory and honor goes to you forever and ever. We really put everything in your hands. You are our provider. You know where you want uh, TV7 to go to. You have the big vision. You see the big picture. We pray that you will really guide us day by day to walk towards that direction, to really make a difference and really impact the world. We pray for provision. Okay? We pray that you will really fill our coffins this, this year and until December this year so that we can really have a good picture and do more and prepare for next year with many more productions to glorify your name. Please lead us, give us wisdom. I also pray for provision to all of our viewers. Bless them. And of course, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem and the salvation of Israel. B'Shem Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Okay, Jonathan, back to our normal discussions of editor's note. Um, busy week in Israel, in the Middle East. Where do we start? A very busy week indeed. Uh, this past week, obviously, negotiations started mm-hmm. uh, for the government coalition. Um, former prime minister, or the designate currently, Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, was tapped once more uh, for uh, the task of negotiating with all the parties. <laughs> Doing the puzzle. Yeah. Um, and it, it's going to be tough. Uh, I, I have spoken with uh, a few members mm-hmm. of uh, the Likud party, uh, of Netanyahu, people surrounding him also, and uh, they're not very pleased with the composition necessarily, mm-hmm. because this composition forces them to rely upon the smaller parties once more, and uh, would challenge Netanyahu's uh, actual power. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's going to be uh, a quite the the tumultuous period, if you will. He has 42 days, of course, seven days have already passed uh, since last week, so uh, it's going quite fast. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in this process, going through this process for that matter, uh, we need to realize that in the next 35 days there are going to be ups and downs, and there are going to be multiple reports about multiple engagements successful here in order to pressure the there and, and vice versa so it, it, it's going to be a very um charade of insults and and um yeah tapping on the back and and saying that if you don't um take this position or you don't forgo that position uh, it's going to cost us our right-wing government, conservative. Yeah, yeah. Conservative lots of uh, guilt uh, thrown around and so it's promises. Politics is not. Um, it's not for the faint of heart, uh, so to speak. Um, I remember several years back when I was offered to take a, a mm-hmm. position in in government uh, as a politician. I sat down with uh, both my parents and I communicated with them, what should I do? Should I go for this? Shouldn't I go for this? And um, both uh, advised me not to. (laughs) Um, And ultimately, you know, uh, when you go into any position, Mm -hmm. it is a tool. And this tool, if this tool is ultimately utilized 
for the purpose which God set on the path mm-hmm. uh, that he wants you to take, uh, that is the time you should do it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he has his timing for everything, of course. And, and with God's grace, I, I am undoubtedly, uh, I am convinced that our work and efforts here at TV7 mm-hmm. um, and beyond everything that we're also doing behind the scenes has more impact than what uh, we could do in, in Parliament, for that matter, unless there is a significant ministerial position. Oh, of course. But that's a different story. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> the next 35 days are going to truly show the character of this current um, composition or mm-hmm. block. And we need to wait and see uh, how Netanyahu is able to maneuver mm-hmm. uh, with his chief negotiator, Yariv Levin, uh, throughout the political map, um, and it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge. Sure. Um, some will get what they asked for. Uh, the majority will not. Okay, so this Definitely. is just time will tell what is exactly going to happen. And how stable this government will be. If right. you don't get what you want, then you're not super happy. So speculation is that within the first three months, there's going to arise a crisis. Yeah. Uh, of sorts. Uh, we don't know exactly what. Uh, blame game may ensue. And then we'll have to see how they are able to salvage that in order to avoid yet another uh, elections. elections. Yes. The United States is pressuring Israel uh, against having any of the so-called ultra-right factions. Uh, talking about uh, the Zionist, uh, the religious mm-hmm. Zionist party of Bezalel Smotrich and uh, specifically also Itamal Ben-Gvir. That's my audit, yeah. Correct. Uh, they don't want them anywhere near the defense ministry. Uh, this may cost us if they are to assume those roles. In, in day-to-day cooperation with the United States? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So even if we remember uh, the, the historic figure, Ariel Sharon, yes. who was a general in the Israeli army, and when he entered into politics... Don't forget that there was the whole situation in Lebanon with Sabra and Shatila, where there was um, uh, there were several so-called um, militias that were affiliated with uh, the IDF, who sought retribution after uh, some Palestinian militants entered into Christian villages and murdered out a few of uh, the families of uh, those um, Christian troops. They wanted revenge. They wanted revenge, and they entered those two villages, Sabra and Shatila, and they enacted revenge by killing thousands. Okay, now, uh, something that people forget, okay, always when they're speaking about Sabra and Shatila, everybody thinks about, oh, the poor Palestinians. Absolutely, it was horrendous what happened there. Mm -hmm. But everybody forgets what triggered it the massacres that were happening in the Christian villages Before that. that triggered that yeah. uh, massacre. Nevertheless, that's not the point. The yeah. point is that because of the fact that Ariel Sharon was a commander of that area in southern Lebanon, and because the fact that the IDF did not intervene by mm-hmm. stopping the Christian militias from enacting that uh, horrendous acts of uh, massacre, basically, mm-hmm. uh, he was... Um, a persona non grata. He was labeled like as a, by the United States as somebody not to deal with. He was uh, shunned by the United States for 18 years. 
But then he became uh, and then prime he minister. became prime minister and defense minister yes. and so on and so forth. So the United States ultimately understood, okay, we do. have to deal with this individual mm-hmm. for the same reason they had to deal with Menachem Begin, yes. who they weren't very happy with. Um, so there are different um, scenarios throughout history that this already occurred where there were um, fluctuations in the, the warm relations between Washington mm-hmm. and Jerusalem. There's also a difference in like... Before you're in office and after, there's a, a way you act differently. We see that in leaders that, like, when they're, I don't know, campaigning, they're very vocal. And then when they assume the role, they know that there are restrictions, there's a certain way to act within a government coalition. This may come to surprise to some of uh, those who watch us, mm-hmm. but even though um, we hear often Netanyahu and other people speaking about Israel being a world power and uh, a rising power or whatever, we are not a world power, okay? We're not a superpower, so to Mm -hmm. speak. Uh, We are a regional power, very uh, powerful in that context, Mm -hmm. but ultimately our power is a Western-like power, meaning we're a small country very reliant yeah. on strategic cushions, two main strategic cushions, so to speak. The main one, obviously, the United States of America. The second one may come as a surprise to others, Germany. Okay, so these are Israel's two strategic cushions, and ultimately Europe as a whole, and uh, there are various relations uh, of, of different natures, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, going or spanning from New Zealand to Australia to other countries, South Korea, Singapore, uh, you know, t- today's Singapore's military is basically based on, on Israeli weaponry and, and yeah, advice. Yeah. Um, so defense cooperation between Singapore and Israel is of the highest levels, mm-hmm. and most people are not even aware of that, mm-hmm. you know, so... There are other strategic alliances that well, we see uh, a very warming relation and something that in Israel is seen very favorably is that of New Delhi and mm-hmm. Jerusalem. Uh, India is a very close par- uh, partner of Israel and Israel is very keen on even bolstering it further, uh, looking at India as a rising superpower. Mm-hmm. Okay, so obviously they have a billion, more than a billion people, uh, and some may say even a lot more, uh, surpassing China from that uh, aspect because many of the people in India are not even re- registered. registered. Okay, um, something that our South African friends may understand, and, and others in Africa and, and in the Far East, but uh, in the West, everybody is registered. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, of course, we all got our, our surnames uh, during uh, the Napoleon era, but uh, we need to understand that uh, the fact of the matter is when we look at the Israeli composition, um, it is very oriented with the West. That's why yes. in, in the region, the Middle East, um, it's very easy for the Palestinians and for other Arab nations to label Israel as a foreign colonizer, a Western colonizer, mm-hmm. because of that reliance on the on the West, even though more than sixty percent of Israeli society actually originates in Arab countries. Yeah, ironically, yeah, you know. So uh, there are a lot of aspects that uh, are just 
based on on sheer misinformation and disinformation for mm-hmm. that aspect because obviously there is interest uh, to um, bring about that disinformation and to bolster one narrative at the expense of the other. Yeah, that like we're outsiders here in the Middle East, that we're not part of the Middle Eastern society, even though that's not true. Indeed. Yes. So another thing that happened last week was the United Nations vote. Mm-hmm. Um, not so good for Israel. Not so good for Israel. Uh, that's an understatement. <laughs> Uh, the fact of the matter is, even though, um, if I'm not mistaken, it was 94 uh, in in favor, and within the the composition of the 94 in favor, most countries either are friendly with Israel, yet they're Islamic by nature, and therefore they never support. Israel's um, presence in uh, the West Bank territories of Judea, Samaria, the Jordan Valley. And on an other angle, um, you'll see, of course, the the anti-Western bloc vote against Israel. So Russia, China, North Korea, Iran. um, But vote on what? What was the resolution about? This specific resolution was about the fact that uh, there needs to be an investigation of uh, so-called Israeli violations, human rights violations uh, in in the West Bank. What is the human rights violation? Building houses. Okay. Okay. The fact that Israel is within the lands of Judah, okay, the Jewish state is in the land of Judah, of its forefathers, mm-hmm. in Samaria, in the Jordan Valley, is... Regarded under international law, under UN uh, Security Council Resolution 32, uh, 2334, excuse me, <laughs> um, it is regarded as a foreign occupier. We already did a yes. whole episode about this in the past, but it is regarded as such, and, and therefore um, this UN resolution was promoted at the time by various countries uh, that are not supportive of Israel, the majority Mm -hmm. of them, uh, but also are regarded as um, countries who lay more um, importance in international law than their Mm -hmm. own sovereignty. Okay, so there are some countries like that. People are not even aware. Uh, One of those countries, the Netherlands, according to the Constitution, Really? Okay. The International law supersedes the law of the state. Really? Yes. So uh, this brings suddenly things into context. Kind of shocking, yeah. Some people say, you know, uh, there were um, uh, a foreign minister of of the Netherlands uh, who was uh, Jewish and very supportive of Israel vocally. But in the voting, in international fora, he always was against the settlements, against uh, all kind of things that uh, would bring into question, okay, why are you doing this? But then uh, when I asked him, literally, uh, instead of, you know, ranting about it, I, yeah. I engaged him and I asked him about it. He said, Jonathan, well, what do you want me to do? If I vote against, I go against the Dutch constitution. Ah, so you cannot do So that. I cannot go against the Dutch constitution, which I represent. And therefore, we are forced... Under the Constitution, which needs to be changed, in my opinion, uh, 
in order to align or to reassert national sovereignty uh, in the land because international law does not always benefit the land, does not always benefit your people. people. Yeah. And if your people are more important than uh, other countries, okay, because you have the responsibility about them, ultimately the, there are some things that need to be considered here. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and I always go to the micro, to the smallest uh, possible analogy. Yeah. I'm responsible for my family. Mm-hmm. You're responsible for your family. It doesn't mean that I'm more important than you or vice versa. The eyes of God were equal. Mm-hmm. Okay. But ultimately, when we're talking about your responsibility, the laws of your household will ultimately dictate the way you proceed and the way you act within the confinements of the the laws of the land, which ultimately uh, leave a lot of room for interpretation. Mm-hmm. International law in many cases, does not leave many rooms for interpretation. And if they do, they do so in a manner that uh, uh, is very interest-driven in one direction or another based on the countries or cluster of countries that put forward the law. Yes. So specifically, going back to 2334, uh, the UN Security Council resolution at the time in 2015, for that matter, uh, the, uh, the Obama administration decided to basically abstain and therefore officially the disputed territories because they are disputed between Israel and the Palestinian Arabs uh, who were here uh, for a period of time um, before the inception of Israel for that matter not all of them but Mm -hmm. a, a good part of them they come and they say okay these territories are no longer disputed. Those are Palestinian territories, even though Palestinian rule was never in any of those territories. So it brings many questions uh, up. Nevertheless, now, according to international law, the West Bank territories occupied since 1967, the Six-Day War, and uh, East Jerusalem, are all defined as Palestinian territories under international law. Now, what would a country like the Netherlands, taking it as an example, do do in such a scenario when its constitutions demands to provide international law more weight than its own laws, even if it disagrees with that law? Okay, And this happens not only in the Netherlands, this happens in multiple countries. So we need to understand that the complexities of law are much more um, challenging for Israel to maneuver through because it is not a member of the International Criminal Court in The Hague. Mm -hmm. And as such, because it's not a signatory of the Rome Statute, it does not uh, necessarily apply whatever the ICC says about the West Bank um, unless Israel agrees to it. Now, because of this UN Security Council resolution under the Obama administration, those are Palestinian territories, and the Palestinians joined oh, the Rome Statute. I see what you mean, okay. So now they're allowed to provide some opinion about this. Anyway, it's it's a complex scenario. We'll have to discuss more of this uh, next time around, of course. Wow, thank you, Jonathan. Definitely, even evil prevails when good people stay quiet. Indeed, amen. But God is in control. Always.
Amen. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Editor's Note. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.